All right, I want to share two things with you before we jump into this week's episode. The first is that I'll be hosting a free live masterclass on January 17th. This class is for you if you've been struggling with anxiety, panic, and fear for months or years, and you feel like you've tried everything, but you're still struggling. In the class, I'll be teaching you five shifts that you need to make to overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And these five things helped me immensely in my own journey, and they were such a key to my own healing. The things I'm going to share in this class will give you so much clarity. They'll help you to get unstuck, and they'll help you to actually take the steps that will lead you to the healing you're so deserving of. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Okay, the second thing is that the doors to Panic to Peace will be opening on January 22nd. Panic to Peace is my 10-week program where I guide you and support you to create a healthy relationship with anxiety, aka I teach you how to get the thoughts, the symptoms, panic attacks, and fears to stop popping up and making all the decisions for you, and I help you to actually start living your life and experiencing lots more peace, joy, and freedom. And just a heads up, spots are limited this round, and I won't be opening the doors again until September 2024. So if you're ready to reclaim your life and finally create that healthy relationship with anxiety, I want you to jump on the waiting list and you'll get early access to the program as well as a really special discount. Okay, for all the info on both of these and to sign up or get on the waiting list, simply head to the link in the show notes. Welcome to a Healthy Push Podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventurer, mom, and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now, I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Okay, today is another one of those really fun and inspiring and hopeful conversations and just the conversations I love so much. I have a Panic to Peace student here with me and Emily took the program over the summer and I'm just so excited for her to share her story with you and for you to get to know her and there's going to be so much goodness that comes out of this conversation. I know it. So Emily, welcome to a Healthy Push podcast. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for having me on here. I just feel so honored to be a part of this and just to be able to share my story um, and just my experience with Panic to Peace because I know you're doing amazing things that have helped so many people, including myself. And so I'm just excited to, you know, be on here and share my story and hope that maybe it can help someone else. Yeah, I love it. And it will. There's like so much that people take away from these conversations. And it's just, I think about it and I'm like, I I would have killed to like just hear a conversation like this back when I was struggling to really feel like I wasn't alone and to get that validation and, and hope. And so yeah, this is going to be really good. But let's just start with who is Emily? Tell us a little bit about you. Um, so I, uh, currently reside in Kansas city. Um, I lived here most of my life. Um, I'm married. I've been married for almost 13 years. Uh, we do not have kids right now. Um, but that's something maybe in the future we will do. Um, but I've kind of, um, 
like currently with my occupation, I'm not working right now, but I did go and get a master's degree in counseling, um, specifically school counseling. And so I did that four years ago. My undergrad was from K-State in advertising. And really, it's just my husband and I and our dog, Penny. She's a golden retriever. And we have two cats as well, Charlie and Hugo. And um, they're actually named after characters from the TV show Lost. So that's kind of just a fun fact about us that we really enjoyed that TV show. Um, Just trying to think what else. Like, I really love to read. I love to, um, I've been working out with a personal trainer. I really enjoy just like physical activity. Um, We really enjoy traveling. We, you know, go on road trips together all the time, my husband and I. And um, just love going to the mountains anywhere that we can hike or like kayak or go bike riding is like what we love to do. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Some of the pictures that you've shared with me during your adventures, I'm like, yes, get it. Like so, so much goodness. I'm like, got to add that to the list. Got to add that to the list. So let's let's jump in because it's interesting, right? People hearing you say, I take road trips. I travel. I like do all this stuff. So we'll get there, right? But let's talk about when did you notice anxiety start to pop up and be part of the equation? I think for me, it really was, I'm trying to think back, like it has been so long that I've struggled with anxiety, specifically with driving anxiety. I think it happened back in like 2013, there was an instance where I was driving on the highway and my husband I was in the, was in the passenger seat and we were driving to a store and I just panicked, like on the highway, I just like just felt dizzy all of a sudden I felt that I was going to lose control and so I tried to get off the highway but of course the next exit was another highway so I couldn't even just get off it was onto some another highway and so um then that made me panic even more because Mm -hmm. I couldn't just get off and that was really the first time that I really had like anxiety with driving Um, before that had happened, I was the one who had to be in control. I was the one who had to drive everywhere. I was the one, you know, driving to K-State, which was two hours away from me, or driving downtown to my job on the highway. No problems before that incident. And that's really when it started. So it's been about 10 years. Yeah. How scary, right? I am curious because people either say like, I knew what was happening or I had no freaking clue what was happening and it scared me. Did you sort of know what was happening or you were like, what the heck is this? I think it was more just what the heck is this? Like I, I, you know, I've had anxiety with other things before that, just, you know, normal, you know, things that you get anxious about. Um, but that was really the first time with driving where I really felt out of control and felt like, oh my gosh, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to, something bad is going to happen. And it just was so sudden that I freaked out and didn't know what to do in that moment other than get off the highway. Right. Right. Like how the heck can I get away from this feeling and make this go away? What a normal reaction, right? 
I, I'm curious, like, where was your husband in all of this? Is he like, oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, so he was actually on the phone with his parents talking to them. And I just remember him saying, I got to go. And he, like, hung up on them. And he was like, what's the matter? And I said, I don't know. I have to, like, I have to get out. Yeah. And and so then that kind of freaked him out because as a passenger, you know, of course that would freak anyone out. Um, and so he, he was okay. Like once we, you know, I got off the highway finally and I was able to calm down and he asked me, he was like, what was that? And I said, I don't know. I have no idea what just happened. I just felt completely trapped and I just panicked. Mm. And yeah. so I didn't know what to do about it. Yeah. Oh, it, it's so scary. I think especially it adds to the scariness, right? When you're doing something like driving, you're behind the wheel and you're just like, oh my gosh, this feels like something really terrible is going to happen. It adds to that, you know, it feels super risky, super scary. So I don't want to make any assumptions, <laughs> but what happened after this event, right? Like did it did it was it just like okay that happened and i was okay for a while or gosh that's really when things started to snowball that is really when things started to snowball for me so i i do remember we got off i was able to get off the highway and we drove to the store so like i didn't switch seats with my husband like i did drive to where we were going but then after that i refused to get back on the highway and mm. it was so bad that like I wouldn't even let him drive me on the highway because I was afraid of experiencing those symptoms again and having just like that anxiety um, attack happen and so for a while it was like he had to avoid highways too if I was in the car I would not ride in a car on the highway and that made things you know really difficult when you're trying to go visit family or you know go places and you have to take back roads everywhere you go. Yeah. And right, if you want to go on a road trip, that's sort of that the highway has to be part of that equation. Yes. And so there were trips that we just didn't do for a few years because I was so anxious about driving on the highway and getting back on it. I remember my in-laws, they live four hours away and they didn't understand why we weren't coming to see them anymore, you know? Yeah. And it was really because I was just having such panic about driving and there wasn't, I didn't know how to explain it to them with, to make them understand that this was the root of it. It wasn't because I didn't want to see them. It was just because mm. I was so nervous and anxious and taking the back roads for four hours would have made our trip, you know, seven hours. Yeah. So that was really... It was a hard time. <laughs> yeah, that's so tough, right? When other people are sort of a part of the equation and it can be really hard to be vulnerable and actually share with people like this is what's going on. And sometimes people really don't even understand, especially if mm -hmm. it's nothing that they've experienced or gone through before. They're like, okay, you feel anxious, like, but just get in the car and like come. But we know experiencing it, it's not that simple. And it can be incredibly hard to share that stuff because you do. You feel shame about it. You're like, mm -hmm. I wish I could just get in the car and go. And I know that like the panic is not really going to hurt me. It's not going to kill me. But 
I don't want to feel that way. So was, you know, you saying, I know so many people can relate to this. Like I just would not get back on the highway. I was not going to do that. Did it then trickle into like other areas when you were driving or did it really sort of just stick to the highway? It For a while, it really was just the highway. I did okay driving on side roads. So I personally haven't driven on the highway since probably 2013. I might have, I think I did try to get back on one time, but every single time I would go to get on the on-ramp, I would turn my car around. You know, I was doing the avoidance. I was not... Like when my heart would start racing, my hands would start sweating, and I started to like panic and think that like there's no way I'm going to be able to get off the highway if I panic and pass out or something like that. And so I know there were times like I did try to get back on the highway, but um, back to your original question though, Um, I did okay driving like on my own places or driving my husband places for a while. And then it kind of started to turn into like, I'll only go so far. And I don't know exactly what happened there, but I know it's probably related somehow. But um, really, it got bad for me after grad school, like right when graduation was happening for me. And that was around COVID. It was during COVID. Mm. <clears throat> and it was just like, with COVID, my bubble just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller because we weren't going anywhere. And so um, even just driving down the street to the grocery store was really challenging and really hard for me. And I would get anxious. And um, and then I ended up getting a job online to be a school counselor online. And so I didn't even have to go anywhere. And so therefore, mm-hmm. then driving anywhere made me 10 times more anxious when I actually had to go somewhere. And I would rely on my husband so much to drive me places. <laughs> and yeah. it came to the point where it was like, I only trusted him to drive me and he had to, he had to be the one to drive. Like I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't even really trust yourself anymore that it was like only him, at least I feel, you know, comfortable with him and I can do it if I'm with him which is something that so many people struggle with. So, you know, it makes sense, right, that it started with the highway, you started to avoid the highway, and then it sort of starts to trickle into your everyday. You were okay for a little bit. And then, you know, we have this, whether it's, you know, life circumstances or our own levels of avoidance where we don't have to face the things or we don't face the things and we don't do them, and so then we start to to feel, oh, this this feels more comfortable. I don't even have to get into the car. I don't even have to really go places. I don't have to do the things. And especially through COVID, a lot of people found there is sort of this other way to live. And recognizing, although it is more comfortable in a sense, it's actually quite uncomfortable to be so limited and to feel like your world is, has shrunken so small that any task it feels like is now really incredibly hard for you to do. So I'm curious, was it, did you still at that point, did you go on trips and do things, but your husband had to be the driver and you felt you could do it that way? Or was it like, no, I wasn't doing any of that stuff? It was um, that my husband could drive me. So on the highway, but he did do all the driving. Mm -hmm. So there was um, my first like, 
getting back on the highway, like after I had that panic attack was in 2017, my cousin got married in San Diego and I really wanted to be there for her wedding. And I knew like, I haven't flown since our honeymoon, not flying is a whole different story, but, um, driving though, like I knew I wanted to be there. I didn't have a good reason to not be there. And I just, you know, like I loved her and I wanted to support her. And so that was our really big trip that I took getting back on the highway since I had that anxiety attack. And that was really hard because, you know, Kansas City to San Diego isn't, you know, an easy drive. So it took us, you know, three days. But um, I do remember panicking when we got to Albuquerque because that was the halfway point. And it was I'm the furthest away from family at that point. You know, I'm furthest away from Kansas City and we were furthest away from San Diego. And I just remember crying and throwing like just having an emotional breakdown in the hotel room to my husband saying we had to turn around. This is too dangerous. Something's going to happen. No one's around to help us if we need it. And he just said, like, let's just go to sleep, see how we feel in the morning. And then, you know, if we need to turn around, we'll turn around and go back home. And I remember waking up that day, we ended up going to the balloon fiesta in Albuquerque because that was happening at that time. And I think that experience gave me some hope of like, wow, like this is a really cool experience. And it gave me, I don't know, just like this new hope that, okay, like we can get the rest of the way. Like the closer we get to San Diego, the closer we get to family. Mm. And so like that was just kind of like the courage that I needed to complete that road trip. And so once we did that road trip... I felt confident that, okay, well, now we can do more because I made it from Kansas City to San Diego on the highway with my husband driving. Like, I can make it, you know, to Montana or to Smoky Mountain National Park or to Florida. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing what we can do or what we really can realize that we can do when we really want it or we feel like we have no choice and we have to do it. And so, you know, people will often say, there's no way I can do that. I can't do that right now. And it's not really that you can't do it. It's just that you don't believe you can. Maybe you're not trying, right? Maybe you're not taking some of the steps to work toward it. It's not that you can't do it. It's just that obviously it feels really like big, really uncomfortable, like there's no way. But you doing this trip, right, you were able to see, okay, I can actually be on the highway again. Granted, my husband's driving, but I can actually do this. I can actually allow myself to feel this level of uncomfort and be so far away from, you know, quote, safety, family and all the things. And I think too, you know, I want to mention because something that you said that a lot of people – struggle with is it sort of morphs, right? It goes from the highway then to, you know, regular roads and and then you start sticking to back roads and all the things. Mm-hmm. And it's not, right, I always say it's not the driving, it's not the roads, it's not the highway. It's, it's not those things. It's really the stories that are going on, what you're telling yourself, how you're responding to the thoughts and the feelings because your brain doesn't have any clue that you're a mile from your house or on a huge road trip to California, right? Your brain doesn't know the difference. But where you were saying uh, to your husband, right, oh, gosh, we're so far from home. We're This is too dangerous. Like, what if we need help and nobody's around to help us? Like, it's that stuff, right, that 
creates these pathways in our brains that say this is not okay. This is we we can't do this, right? We have to mm-hmm. we have to pull back. And so it's it's not the roads, it's not the distance, it's not the driving. And you know, being able to see that sort of how it starts to to like really go into all these different areas of your life and become a lot more limiting. But so what happened after this trip? I'm curious. <laughs> So this trip, like I said, it did give, it gave me a lot more, you know, confident and courage to be able to do other road trips. Again, my husband has done all the driving and I did, I know in Panic to Peace, you talk about safety items. On that road trip, I had my weighted blanket. I had my essential oils. I had my repetitive music I had to listen to when I felt anxious um, I even laid in the back seat so I couldn't see sometimes like when we were going down mountains or if I just was feeling anxious. And so like I was using those like safety items that I continued to use then on more road trips that we have done when we've, you know, gone to Montana or Colorado um, or Florida. And I think too, one of my safety things too was like, I have to plan like just knowing you know, like, where are we going to stop? And what if the weather's bad? Like, where do we go? And mm-hmm. being able to be flexible on those road trips, I think for me was, is also kind of like a safety net because we were in Montana on a road trip and it started to storm like really bad, like hail and everything. And so we ended up staying the night in a place we weren't plan- like planning on staying just because the weather was bad. So building in like that flexibility to be able to change plans for me is a big, was like a big safety net, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. You feel like you, if you can control things and you can make things certain, then you'll be okay. The anxiety won't be there and you won't have to feel all those uncomfortable feelings. So it's amazing that you continued to get on the highway and do these things and take these trips. It is scary. I will say it's scary, though, just because I do solely rely on my husband. Mm. And still, I still feel that way on road trips. So I kind of joke with him. I say, if anything happens to you and, like, you break a leg or an ankle and you can't drive, like, we're living here. Like, this is our new home. (laughs) And I know that that's not true. Like, that won't happen. But that, to me, is just, like, it's so hard to then imagine myself being able to drive like a far distance and in a place that's unfamiliar to me. Yeah, of course it does, right? Because you haven't done this in so long. Like it makes sense. The things that we don't do for a long period of time and then you say, hey, we're going to do this thing. You know, it's like me going on my solo trip, right? Or me starting to do more hikes by myself. What do you mean we're going to do that? We're not doing that. That's that seems like a terrible idea. And it's like, of course it does. I mean, it, it feels uncomfortable and scary because I don't do it like very often. So of course you're going to feel that. So I'm curious with with like the years passing, right, and the driving anxiety really being at the forefront, I'm assuming that's a huge reason why you signed up for Panic to Peace. But I'm curious, like what got you to the point where you were like, okay, I need, I, I, I want to like be a part of this program and see see what it can do for me? So I think for me, it was really just, you know, like I said, like I was able to drive on the highway, ride in the car as long as my husband was driving. 
But then my bubble with driving got smaller and smaller and smaller. So like I couldn't hardly go to the grocery store down the street without panicking or, you know, thinking some like I was going to lose control of the car. And literally our store is, I don't know, like less than a mile away. It's not very far, but like that became hard. And so I knew, okay, like I need to do something and I don't know what to do. And so my friend actually was following you on Instagram and she sent me like one of your Instagram reels or TikToks that you make about, you know, driving and, you know, just taking anxiety with you and like, we're just going to do it. We're going to get in the car. We're just going to drive. And I just related to that so much and felt so seen by like Mm. with that. And I was just like, this is someone who gets it. Like, this is someone who understands what it like driving anxiety is like. And so I saw you were offering a masterclass on driving anxiety back in March. And so I signed up to do the driving anxiety course. And I was just, again, just was like, wow, like this person like gets it. Like no one else like understands this anxiety. And but Shannon, like she's, she understands it. And so I was so excited to take that course. And it really did help me not just with driving in that moment, but like in other things, like in, like when I, we went to the big 12 tournament in Kansas city, it was like in March. And I was really anxious about being in a crowd because mm-hmm. I hadn't been in a crowd in so long. But that masterclass, even though it was focused on anxiety, it helped me to just be okay with being anxious, like wherever I went, you know? Yeah. And so that was so important to me and helped me. And then when I saw you were offering the Panic to Peace, I was like, okay, like I know I have to sign up for this because this one masterclass helped me so much that I just know I felt like panic to peace would be you know even more helpful because it was an extended period of time and it would you know really hit on what I think I needed yeah and I know you were honest like joining you were pretty skeptical (laughs) I know that you were like is this really actually gonna help me get back out there and and drive and so I'm curious like did it actually help? Was it was it worth it for you? <laughs> I think, okay, so I will say like at the beginning of Panic to Peace, when we started in May, I do remember telling my friend, I was, I was, I told her, I said, I just am not feeling it. Like, I just don't want to drive. Like, why, why do I need to do this? Like, what's, why did I do, like, why did I sign up for this? And then like one day, I just remember I got in the car and I drove to the grocery store and I took away that I haven't taken in a while. And I, I really do think it was just because I wasn't so focused anymore on my anxiety. And I was just so surprised that I went away that I had been avoiding for so long and I just didn't even think about it. Yeah. And I was so excited by just that one experience. And so then I started to try to push myself to do more because in Panic to Peace, you have us write down like our why. And so my why was just, I want to be more confident. I want to be more, um, you know, I want to do things that like I want to do just because I want to do them, not because someone else is making me do them or because, you know, I have to wait for someone to take me somewhere. Like, I just want to go. I want the freedom. And I want to, yeah, just really have more freedom, I guess. And so that really helped push me to be able to be like, okay, I'm going to take our car in for an oil change now. And I'm going to drive to the to the place. And I'm going to sit. And I'm going to wait Whoa. for the car. 
Oh my gosh. You just like, my brain was instantly like thinking of those moments where I had to bring my car in and that I know why, right? But I almost said, I don't know why. I would get so freaking anxious, like going in for an oil change. Like you're going to take, even though the car is the place that I would experience so much anxiety in, I was then like, you're going to take my car away from me and I'm not going to be able to go anywhere and I'm going to be stuck here. And like, are you kidding me? And just I remember those appointments being so freaking brutal. That So that is amazing that you're like, all right, I'm just going to drive myself, get an oil change, willingly be stuck there. Like what? <laughs> yeah. And I like seriously hadn't done that in probably like four years. And then in June, I just – I went in and I took it in because it needed to be done. And Ugh. I – usually would have been you know like my husband in the past it would have been like my husband and I go together we wait for the car or my dad goes with me and then I get in the car with my dad and I drive home so I don't have to wait but this time I was like no I'm okay like I'm safe that was one of my big things to say to myself like I am safe and I don't have to do anything like Mm. I love when you taught us that in our class like just the art of just not doing like I don't have to try to escape I don't have I literally just have to sit in this chair mm-hmm. like I don't have to do anything yeah because it's, it's so you think about it right you're for years so used to doing and trying to throw anything at it and trying to get rid of it and avoiding and manipulating you know the routes and and all the things it's like so much of what we delve into in panicked pieces how do we take the focus away from anxiety because for a long time we've just been giving it all the attention we've been so fixated on it and how we can make it go away and, and all the things and it's like okay let's take the focus off of anxiety let's put the focus on living And just shifting that, like you're saying, right, allows you to then say, okay, well, I'm just going to try and go do the things that I have to do. I'm not going to like force myself to do all these things, but I'm going to start doing the things that I have to do and just see what the heck happens. I also found myself too, I used to like map my routes, my routes out. I was like, okay, I'm going to turn here and then I'm going to turn here. I'm going to avoid that. And I finally this summer, like during Panic to Peace, I was like, no, like I'm just going to go to the store. I am just going to go to my sister's. Like I am taking this the route that everyone else would take and that's how we're getting there. And because I, I do think in that actually made me feel more dizzy maybe because I was so busy trying to figure out, you know, I got to turn here, I got to turn left, I got to go this way and this way and this way, instead of just going straight, like just go down the main road. And, and it actually did feel so much better (laughs) when I did that. And I, I really didn't get the anxiety that I thought I was going to have. And I do think it's just because then I, you're right, I wasn't doing I was, I was, or I was just being, Mm -hmm. you know, I was just Right. It's like, imagine that when you make space for the anxiety, it's like, oh, you don't need me. Okay. So cool. Like we won't pop up with all these terrible thoughts and symptoms and and all the hard stuff. So, I mean, it's just so cool. (laughs) Like I'm I'm so curious. Like I – I don't think, right, you've gone back on the highway and have driven yourself, right? And I think there is – I'm so glad that you're being vulnerable and honest about that part because I know how hard 
that is for you. And I know how hard it is to bring yourself to do that. And there were many things that I held on to for a long time and was like, "Uh, uh-uh, there's no way I'm doing that. You know, one of my bigger things was like, I'm not getting on a bus or a train or like, no, thank you. And there are things that we hold on to, right? And you know, you're going to get to that point where you're going to get on the highway and you're going to, you're going to drive again. And, but you know, these small steps you're taking that you've taken throughout the summer and are still continuing to take, like those are the things that are actually going to equip you with this confidence and knowing and belief, like I can do it and it's not going to be an absolute shit show. I think absolutely. I, like I said, I haven't driven on the highway yet. I know that, like you said, eventually, like I will get there and I'll feel more confident. Right now, I'm just trying to get to the things I used to do. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I want to go meet my sister at a pool. You know, I want to go meet her at the mall. I want to go to a pumpkin patch with friends. So just being able to do those things again for me is like so huge. Yeah. And I'm going to give myself grace about not being on the highway right now. But I know that's definitely a goal to work towards yeah once I definitely get more comfortable driving just normal yeah roads I guess yeah and it is it's those small steps where you are able to build that trust back within yourself and and to develop that knowing of like this is something that I can do and of course you know I'll be so curious and interested to see how that plays out and of course I I always want to stay in touch with everyone and like see how this all unfolds but I know you've done some some pretty big stuff. And, you know, you go on these trips and you, you know, I know like you had things that you were anxious about on these trips and it's not just the driving. And so I, you know, I don't know, maybe if you can speak to a little bit, like the trip that you recently went on and and how that, that went for you. Yeah. Yeah. So this summer we drove to the Tetons in Wyoming. Um, It's our favorite place to go. We try to go there, I don't know, every summer if we can. Um, And we'd love to hike and bike and just do all the mountain things there. Um, But this year we went with my sister and her now husband. They got married last month. And um, it was just kind of a trip, you know, just a fun trip for us and them to go on together. And but it was our first, it was my first trip with others. Mm. And so that in itself was kind of, you know, scary because you're so used to doing what you want to do. And, you know, especially when my husband and I go a lot, we just are like, oh, we're just going to do our thing. We're going to do this and this and this. But now when you have other people with you, it kind of changes the dynamics. It changes, you know, what they want to do might be different than what you want to do. And, and I, I do remember feeling just a little anxious about it, just wondering, like, are they going to enjoy it? Is this going to be, you know, fun? And um, I really did go into it, though, with mindfulness and just really trying to be present and in the moment. And I know in Panic to Peace, you talk a lot about that, too, just trying to really be present and just not worrying about what's coming next, what's next, what's next. And so that actually helped me so much on our trip because I just really, I've never felt more present Mm -hmm. on a trip than I did this summer. And it felt so good to not have to worry about like, now what's next? Now what are we going to do? I just was able to enjoy that time with my sister um, and my brother-in-law and my husband. 
It's so cool. It's so cool. And I think too, just those like nature does something to us. We've we've talked about this, right? It's like such Montana is such a special place. And it's really nice when you're you allow yourself to be in those environments where it's it's easier, I think, to be more present and to be mindful. But because you've had practice with it, you are able to actually see it in action and see the benefits from it. And this is sort of what we talk about right in the program is most of the time when you're feeling anxious, you're looking to something, you're looking to a tool, a technique, a fix. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. those, you can end up feeling like those things really don't work because you're, you don't have any practice with them. Your brain's like, what the hell are you trying to do? And it just interprets it as like, okay, there's something wrong, more danger, more danger. But because you've practiced a lot of the slowing down and the being present and the mindfulness stuff, you were able to actually do that and not have it be in the moments of like, oh gosh, I need to throw something at the anxiety. It's like that it's so rewarding when you can see like, oh, these things actually do pay off and it it makes sense to be putting your energy into these things. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. I do think too, it really helped as well. Like just going hiking, like I would sometimes get anxious about hiking and like going too far away from our car, you know, like I didn't start to get anxious, but again, like just being present and in the moment that really helped. And like I, we hiked farther than I've ever hiked before. And again, like my sister and her, my brother-in-law were with us. So it wasn't just my husband and I, but I did push myself to, you know, be okay being uncomfortable. That was another big thing for me is just sitting and like, just I'm uncomfortable and it is okay. Like I am safe. It's okay. I'm in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. Just letting yourself make space for it and to allow it to be there. It's like super cool when you make that shift of I'm not going to continue to resist it and fight up against it and I'm just going to let it be here and cool. Like (laughs) it's it's just that I think it takes so much pressure off too and Mm -hmm. just allows you to actually be more present that's a really cool part about, you know, acceptance too. Um, so I'm so curious, like, where are you at right now? Like, what, how do you feel about things? I mean, it's been a few months since the program ended. Like, how do you feel like things are going? I think things are going pretty well. Um, like I said, my sister got married last month. And so that was a really big event for me and just my family, you know, like it was, it was a beautiful wedding. I was so happy for her. I was honored to be her bridesmaid and maid of honor. Um, but there was a lot of, you know, with weddings, there's a lot of hype and, you know, like, and she'd been, we've been talking about her wedding for over a year now. And so like, it was just, you know, that antis- almost that mm. anticipatory anxiety was what was, I think, getting at me because it was just like, we know it's coming. Okay. It's like May. Now it's June. Now it's July. Now it's August. And okay, September, like here it is. And just that was a really big event. Like I said, for me, um, just, you know, just with social anxiety too that I have. Um, But I was very, very proud of myself because, you know, with anxiety and especially driving anxiety, that feeling of being trapped, um, like I had to take an elevator, for example. Like I've avoided elevators for a very long time and I'm really good at avoiding them. Yeah. <laughs> and my, where my sister, we were getting ready at, for her wedding. Like she was on the 18th floor of a hotel. Like there was no way I was taking the stairs <laughs> up to the 18th floor. <laughs> like I could have done it, but I didn't. <laughs> so I really had to 
And I knew going into it, I was going to have to take this elevator. Like, ugh, you know, like I knew she was staying on the 18th floor. I knew I was going to have to go up there. And what really helped me with that um, was being vulnerable mm. and sharing that I was anxious about the elevator. Yeah. Um, I was so surprised to learn how many of my family members were also really anxious about it. And people that I thought, you know, were so brave and like travel the world and go on airplanes were anxious about this elevator. And so I think that helped me so much was just to be honest and just to share like how I was feeling. Yeah. Oh, it's so cool to see right in action. Like, wow, this is not that weird, you know, and and many people actually struggle with this stuff and people struggle with, gosh, being afraid to get in elevators for so many reasons and people who don't struggle with anxiety disorders and you know, it's going back to rate that not giving ourselves any allowance to feel anxiety just because you struggle with an anxiety disorder. And it's like, no, like you're allowed to feel anxious. And there are a lot of situations in which anxiety is going to pop up and it's okay and it makes sense. And and I'm so glad that you got vulnerable and shared that because there are so many people, right, who are going to be like, yep, me too. And people that you look at, like you said, people who you would think are so adventurous, so carefree. And I have many friends like this and we sit down and have conversations and they're like, oh, this, this makes me feel really anxious or this makes me, and I'm like, what? That? Or they'll say, right, I might do these big things and these really awesome adventurous things and people think that I don't get scared or anxious about it. Like, that's crazy. Of course I do. You know, some of my friends who ski some insane stuff and they're like, of course I get scared, Shannon. And I'm like, oh yeah. We just sort of think there are humans walking out there doing all this crazy stuff and not feeling anxious or scared. It's like, no, they're feeling the discomfort and they're and they're taking that with them. So that's really cool to see that. And yeah, I think it's almost easier, right, if you don't know. There is no elevator. Like you can't think about it ahead of time and you're just like in the situation, maybe have to get on it. But that's so cool that you did that and yeah. and were able to share that and be open with people. And I really don't know. I probably would have walked up 18 flights yeah. of stairs had it not <laughs> been for panic, like panic to peace because I honestly really – like I said, I was I – was, I felt okay being vulnerable. I mean, I know they're my extended, you know, like relatives and and things like, of course, you're more, maybe more comfortable with them than you are with strangers. But also like that whole weekend of my sister's wedding, like I just had to remind myself like to be present and be in the moment and to not, like you said, like I didn't really have to do anything. Like I was just there to enjoy it and just trying to constantly remind myself to be present and enjoy it. Yeah. And um, we need those conscious reminders. Like that's mindfulness, right? Is about you got to bring the attention and focus to the present. Like you, and, and I don't know why we tend to think like this is some magical thing that just happens. It's like, no, it takes intentionality and, and a lot of, you know, being holding yourself accountable to like be there and be present. And so, yeah, there's, oh, gosh, we've, this is so good. Like I love this conversation and I don't want it to end. But, you know, I just want to say if anyone is like, yeah, I haven't done that thing yet. Like I haven't gone back on the highway or I haven't gone on a plane yet or I haven't gone to that big store yet. It's okay. 
like it is okay and it does not take away from the healing that you're experiencing now and the progress that you're making and all the the small steps, the things that you're continuing to do day in and day out, those are the things that are really building that trust and that confidence and that belief and it it'll all come together and you don't have to force it <laughs> and it's not, you know, because if I said, Emily, go out today and I want you to get back on the highway, like you got to do this. I mean, gosh, dang, it's probably going to be miserable, look like a shit show and you're going to probably feel like now great. I don't even want to drive with my husband on the highway. So, you know, it's not this forcing, we need to do it now. We need to, it will happen. And I have full confidence that it will happen. So don't beat yourself up if you're in that spot of like, I just haven't done it yet. You will and you'll get there. And it's, I just can't wait to hear about it when you do. So (laughs) Emily, if somebody is like, gosh, this has been so inspiring. Like I want to go on trips. I want to I want to do these things, but they're in that space where you are in, where for years you were avoiding and trying to manipulate things. Like, what would you say to that person who's really struggling right now? I think I would say it is scary. Mm -hmm. Like, it is scary and it's hard. And it's, you know, it sucks when you do have people who say, like, it's not a big deal. Like, just do it or you've done it before. Why can't you do it now? Um, But I would just encourage them to, I don't know, just do what you need to do, you know, just do what you need to do. And like, eventually, I think they will get to that point where they just go a little bit further. Like, it really is baby steps. Like, it really is just slowly going further and further, you know, and, um, and I do think. Like they'll, once you take one step, you'll get so much confidence from like that one little step that it will help propel you forward, I think. So um, I know that's how I felt after my sister's wedding, like after all the, you know, like just, you know, I felt so much more confidence in myself that I even told my husband, I was like, let's just book a plane ride. Like right now, like let's go to KCI and get on a plane before I change my mind. Cause like, I'm feeling good right now. <laughs> so like, let's do that. <laughs> but we didn't do that. But I just had so much like more confidence, like after each of these like experiences. And I know that if there is someone out there struggling, if just, like I said, little baby steps and like, you'll gain the confidence and just keep going, yeah. I guess. and give yourself grace too because if you don't like it's okay too like if you don't get on the elevator you don't get in the car like it's okay do not beat yourself up because that make that will make it so much worse Mm. oh so good Emily so much good wisdom and I just appreciate you being vulnerable I know that this this is hard stuff to do and I'm just so appreciative of you and I'm just so proud of you and just can't wait to see all the things you continue to do. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for all that you do for, <sighs> I don't know, just for just this kind of therapy. I think a lot of people need this. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at a healthy push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.